You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom Bracha, this is Chuba Sopoiskim. Uh, we have a unique opportunity to have a conversation with Ra- Professor Rabbi Michael Broyd, reliance and usage of uh, artificial intelligence. Specifically, Rabbi Broyd is going to speak about uh, his interaction with the chat GBT 4.0. Now, there's been a lot, as I said, in the terrorosphere, Rabbi Broyd, there's been uh, a whole uh, Jewish action spring edition was dedicated uh, to this topic, a number. Um, so we're very eager to hear your experience, your result, and perhaps even the question that the test case question that you used in order to see what the chat GPT was able to, it's funny, I hate using this term because it sounds so vulgar, to regurgitate, right? I think that's one of the terms they use, it regurgitates. So go ahead, please, and talk about uh, your experience. So I guess it's worth starting with some background. I'm writing an article now on May, a man who was a Cohen and in a same-sex relationship Google. And it entailed many different sources, as many Torah topics entail. Um, And as is my custom, every time I write on a topic, I quote the sources, and then I translate them. And in the course of writing this article, one of my friends turned to me and said, don't hire somebody to translate. Don't waste your time translating yourself. Upload the sources one at a time to chat GPT and um, start using their translation as the basis for your translation. So I did it the first time with ChatGPT 3.5, which is the free service. And then my son, Joshua Broyd, who's an AI scientist himself with a PhD from Columbia in machine learning, said, no, 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 that's a mistake. Um, You should use the paid service, which is noticeably better, chat GPT 4.0, and you should do this all over again. And so I uploaded about 25 sources um, that deal with who's eligible to do it. And um, chat GPT did a very good job translating, a very good job translating, quite impressive. Um, But here's the deal with this material. Um, There's no discussion in any of these sources on the question of whether a Kohen who's in a same-sex relationship can do it. These sources do not discuss that question. They discuss a different question or a number of different questions, which is sort of what kinds of avarus prohibit a Kohen from dukhaning, from murdering to sexual sins, like marrying a Gurusha, to a Bodhisattva, to a variety of different sins, but there is absolutely no discussion in any of the sources about whether a Kohen is in a same-sex relationship in It's not discussed. If you go on Google and ask, may a Kohen is in a same-sex relationship in you see nothing posted on Google on this question. After I finished 
having ChatGPT 4.0, the paid service, translate the material. So I read over its translations. I tinkered a little bit. It's not a perfect translation service. Robert Bird, let me interrupt you just for one second. I know that you're getting your steam going here, but just for our listeners who aren't familiar, how did you interact even in terms of giving the the AI the material? How is it that, how does it occur? It pastes the sources from Hebrew into its prompt, and then it translates it. It's a very impressive service. You cut, you put Hebrew in, and it gives you English. You say... I would say to it, can you translate this material? What I asked it is as follows. I'm going to directly quote. I said um, to chat GPT, because my son said to me, the more information you provide it, the better the translation is. I would say, this is a text from Yakut Yosef. Can you translate it? You are an expert rabbinic translator, and this is for halacha scholars. So chat GPT would translate it more into yeshivish because I said you are a rabbinic translator and this is for halacha scholars. ChatGPT tries to know who you are so that it can do a better job providing you worthwhile answers. So, so did, did you upload the from, did you make a copy, a PDF of the material no, and then upload it? Upload it. You have to cut and paste one source at a time. Mm-hmm. Cut and paste one source at a time. Um, <clears throat> there is not yet the 4.0 an upload process that's at least readily available to me. But after I uploaded all these sources and it translated, and it translated well, noticeably better than Google Translate. For those of us who have historically used Google Translate for the first iteration, Jack GPT 4.0 is a noticeably better translator um, than Google is. Chat GPT 3.5 is not, actually. But 4.0 is noticeably better. And I suspect, by the way, that when in a few iterations, Chat GPT will be doing near-perfect translation, making almost all rabbinic works instantly available, more or less. Fascinating change. Um, Then I turned to ChatGPT and I asked it to do something that's thinking. Now that you have seen all these texts, do you think a man who is a priest and in a same-sex marriage can perform the priestly blessings as a matter of halakha? Write me about 500 words. And now I didn't ask ChatGPT to translate I asked ChatGPT to write me 500 words on a halachic topic in light of the sources that I had provided. And to my very impressive surprise, my very impressive surprise, ChatGPT um, did an excellent job reasoning through the sources. It figured out in the first iteration and even stronger, when you ask ChatGPT to think about something a second time, that's called to regenerate, ChatGPT did a truly fascinating job reasoning through the sources. 
chat GPT figured out the following. It figured out that a Cohen who engages in idolatry and murder is always ineligible to Duchen or may be ineligible to Duchen until he repents. But illicit sexual sins do not prevent a Kohen from Duchening unless the illicit sexual sins are unique to Kohanim, like marrying a divorcee or a marrying a Chalutza. And that same-sex marriage is not a sexual prohibition for a Kohen. I don't want to quote that out of context. It's, of course, a sexual prohibition for every Jew, but it's not a sexual prohibition unique to Kohen, like marrying a Grusha. And ChatGPT figured out distinctly that idea and said it. I'm going to quote. One of the crucial points, I'm not reading my own material, I'm reading from chat GPT. One of the crucial points in the sources you have provided is the concept that, except for two extreme violations, idolatry and murder, transgressions generally do not disqualify a color from performing the priestly blessings. The Shulchan Aruch states that even serious transgressions, such as illicit sexual relations, do not prevent a Kohen from performing the priestly blessings. This perspective seems to be reinforced in the Aruch Shulchan and the Piskei Tshuva. Now you'll notice it not only words it that way, it lists them in historical order. Therefore, ChatGPT tells us, um, strictly based on these sources, it may seem that a Kohen who was in the same-sex marriage could potentially perform the priestly blessings. Chat GPT reason from the sources. Um, this is extremely important. Google quotes you from sources. But when I ask you to extrapolate from a- case A to case B, Chat GPT does that. And the Aruch HaShulchan and Google does not do that. ChatGPT can say, based on what I have learned from the sources you uploaded to me, this is permissible. And not only that, ChatGPT clearly has access to other material. Because at the end of one of its discussions, it says maybe, um, even though this is technically permissible, There are marit ayin concerns here that might cause the community to not allow such a coin to do, depending on the context of the community. And it uses the marit ayin term not in its technical halachic way, but in the way we socially might use it, the way my mother sometimes uses the term marit ayin, which is this doesn't look right. GPT. So, Rabbi Bird, where did it get that? Since you didn't upload the Marat Ayan aspect, the ChatGPT, where was it able to call that principle from? ChatGPT is connected to Bing, which is connected to Microsoft, and it has access to all of Jewish law available to Microsoft on Bing. 
So it, this is an incredibly powerful com combination in 4.0 that you don't have in 3.5. ChatGPT 4.0 now does the two things that computers do very well. It has access to a database and it thinks. Um, a database alone doesn't help you with cases that are unfound in a database. And thinking about Torah without sources in Torah um, doesn't do you much either. If you want to think about it in its analytic way, I always share with people my chess analogy. I'm a mediocre chess player. I'm not so mediocre. I'm rated 1800. And when I was a little boy, I was already rated 1800 and was a really impressive 10 year old chess player. But now I'm just a fine old adult who plays chess better than most people Shabbos morning. If you want to play chess after Kiddush, before we eat lunch, I'm probably better than you, but maybe not. But here's the sad thing. In the last 20 years, every single computer program effortlessly beats me. And not only do they all effortlessly beat me, every single good computer program beats every single chess player in the world. Because the computer program has the powerful combination. It has a powerful database of every game ever played. So it knows through its database the best moves when it encounters them. And on top of that, it has an excellent thinking engine. So it can think about chess problems that it doesn't have a database for. Those two combinations, excellent thinking and a database, makes it better than any human being. I want to confess, though, I sometimes play online what they call transposed chess. I don't know if any of you are chess players. Transposed chess is when you set up the board so that instead of the board being, being positioned on the back row as rook, knight, bishop, queen, king, it's positioned rook, bishop, knight. So the bishop and the knight have switched pieces. All of a sudden, these computer programs that beat me effortlessly struggle because they've lost their database of games. There's no database on transposed chess. And I'm as good a chess player as a thinker as they are, give or take. And on top of that, since I play transposed chess every once in a while, haha, I have a database in my little head and they don't. Torah is the same way. It's a mixture of a database and thinking skills. ChatGPT 4.0 has a database, and it has excellent thinking skills. Now, on top of that, as more and more rabbinics get fed into ChatGPT, and I'm sure eventually they will buy access to the Barilan database, and I'm sure eventually they'll buy access to the Otsar HaChachma database. Right now, I, I suspect they only have access to Safaria and other things that are posted online. But eventually, they'll get a full database. And they understand English and Hebrew and Aramaic quite well. They have a truly impressive language processing barrier. They're going to develop 
the killer combination of a huge database and very good analytics. We're not there yet. They're not there yet. My article on Canna Cohen, who's in the same sex relationship, Dukin, is better than Chat GPT, to be honest. But eventually, their ability to reason from the text is going to get very, very, very impressive. What I call in halacha logical data driven inferences from the information. If we know in case X, the rule is A, how does the rule of A apply to case Y is something chat GPT is really, really, really very good at. It's really very good at that. What we call in law school, applying the rules of decision. This is um, a very, very, very important tool. ChatGPT is excellent at rule-based decisions. And as you get better, it gets better at identifying what really is the rule of decision. What do I mean by the rule of decision? The rule of decision is the term we use for identifying what aspects of a case uh, allow this case to be applied to other cases. So for example, uh, in law school, they tell you as follows. When a brown dog bites somebody and the court issues a ruling, we're inclined to think that the rules used by the court apply equally well to a gray dog or a white dog, but they don't apply to a brown bear because the rule of decision is about a dog and not its color. Or to give another more example from a casebook many years ago, the decision to let your oldest 14-year-old daughter wear high heels to a school function provides precedent for your second oldest daughter to ask to wear high heels when she is 14 also, but doesn't provide the same precedent to let your son wear high heels when he is 14. It allows you to identify the rules of decision. That's very important. The second thing that ChatGPT has a hard time doing, but it clearly shows a little bit it knows how to do this, is it knows how to weigh sources. It's beginning, it's clear from its reasoning, it's beginning to be able to say, this source is a more binding precedent than that source. And um, that is an extremely important idea. Halacha not only has sources, halacha has a hierarchy of sources. And as ChatGPT gets better, it's going to build an understanding of the hierarchy. How, how is that going to happen? How will uh, that be uh, inserted into ChatGPT's uh, AI consciousness that we take a psak from Rav Moshe as being more definitive than a psak from Menashe Klein. So it will do that because it will read all the literature and the literature will share that. 
this is not a verbal misola. Um, I understand that the Shulchan Aruch is a greater authority for, than the Radbaz by reading the literature that follows both of them. It's an easily demonstrable fact for mastering the literature that some books are more precedential than others. So, so in other words, ChatGPT will be able to detect, even though it didn't hear from its master or for the person who was inputting, that give more significance to Rav Moshe, to Rav Menashe Klein, but from the fact that so many other sources quote Rav Moshe to the exclusion, the chat can now realize, can now imply that Rav Moshe is a more significant source. Yes, I'll go even further. It won't imply it. It will be able to demonstrate this fact by showing you here are 947 votes where the authority says, here's what Rav Moshe says, and here's what the Ungavar Rav says, and we all follow Rav Moshe. It, it oh. will figure out these rules itself. And by the way, not only that, you will be able to tell ChatGPT more about yourself that'll help it understand how you prioritize. When you go on ChatGPT, you know, you can say, I am a Belzer Chassid, and can you tell me whether we make a bracha on Rabbeinu Tom's filling? I am a Belzer Chassid. Do we make a bracha on yeah. Rabbeinu Tom's filling? Has positioned Chat GPT to sit in my shoes. If you go on Chat GPT and say, do we make a bracha on Rabbeinu Tom's filling? Provide me a yes or no answer. Give me only one word. ChatGPT says no. If I go on ChatGPT and say, "Give me a one-word answer," um, do we put on Rabbeinu Tam Tefillin? It says no. But if you say, "I am a Lubavitcher Chassid," do Lubavitcher Chassidim put on Rabbeinu Tam Tefillin? Give me a yes or no answer. ChatGPT says yes. And I did this, by the way, in the paper. I asked it about, um, do I eat the brachs? And I gave it various communal identifications. I am a puppet or chassid. Do I um, eat the brachs? And then I said, I'm a member of the Edota Mizrach. Do I eat... Um, Kitneos. Kitneos. <laughs> I, I just stole your thunder. Let me steal your thunder one more time. One of the things, you know, you you granted me the opportunity to to look at this paper uh, and your findings. What I thought was fascinating was that after you um, had the first iteration of Chat GPT's PSAC or description of whether a, a Cohen in a same sex marriage could duchen. You then asked it to take it from a different perspective, and the answer was quite different. Although it made use of the same sources, the thrust and the sense of the of what it did was something completely different. The first time it came out, it was more lenient in in in, in terms of its motif, and the second time it was much more cautious. 
Indeed, I asked ChatGPT a few times, what is the halacha? And then I turned to ChatGPT and I said, it's nice that you told me what the halacha is. Can you tell me what are the grounds? Can you write me about a thousand words stating the strongest way you can why Jewish law would prohibit a priest in a same-sex marriage from participating in a priestly blessing? ChatGPT can not only reason, it can counter-reason. It can reason and it can counter-reason. And, and, no doubt uh, about that. And as the database expands, its ability to both reason and counter-reason is very, very impressive. The topic is um, uh, using AI for PSAC. And this is itself sort of very important to understand. And I guess I will position this initially not using AI for PSAC, but using AI for law. And you highlighted a quote from the paper that I shared. The reasoning of AI is unlikely to take the place of a district court judge in American law. Those trial court judges who make factual determinations based on the demeanor and the witnesses and so many more visible cues. So too, they are unlikely to replace Supreme Court judges since much of what the justices do is decide when they ought to change the rules and replace one rule of interpretation with another. Delegating this decision to a computer is no different than delegating the role of Congress to AI and is unlikely. On the other hand, the strengths of AI reasoning could take the place of the United States Court of Appeals judges who are, number one, rigidly bound by precedent, number two, functionally interchangeable with each other, number three, randomly assigned cases, number four, sit in panels, and number five, do almost all their work based on a written record. These five characteristics are more easily supplanted, AI supplanted, given the current state of technology, then either policy decisions about the law ought to be or credibility determination. Now, the question is, what is halacha? So I suspect that within halacha, there are different things. I suspect, by the way, that kosher consumers in 20 years are going to walk around in their supermarket with chat GPT and upload QR labels and say, is this kosher certified? And if so, by who? And ChatGPT is going to dramatically change the data-driven component of halacha, where there is a definitive right answer. The definitive right answer is, this is certified by the OU, but the OU is not on the container. There are a subset of, of things that have an OU that aren't on the container. For whatever marketing reason the company chooses, that's great. AI is going to be excellent at some subset of halacha where the rule can be definitively and analytically proven either from the data or from the sources or from the application of the data to the sources because the rules are well-established. And by the way, well-established rules are a function of halacha. 
what do I mean by that? In Hungary in 1830, if I had had AI and chat GPT and the internet and electricity, all these wonderful things, chat GPT couldn't tell me when Shabbat begins. Because chat GPT would know that when Shabbat begins in Hungary in 1830, is a huge dispute between the Hasidim and the Misnagdim about whether we are ever makil against the Groth. The Hasidim said Shabbos begins 18 minutes before sunset, and the Hasidim were still machal Shabbos in Hungary after the sunset of the Groth. But in America, right now, it's very well established that nobody is lenient against the Groth on Shabbat man. The description of the Hasidic community, which is the, the Litvaks are walking back from Shul Friday evening and the, the Hasidim are walking to Shul in the dark holding their candle 40 minutes after sunset doesn't occur in America. There's very little public Shabbat. I want to say this out loud. Shomer Shabbat's businesses are not open after sunset on Shabbat. Um, this is just a, a, a truth. Um, when I have a distinct definitive halacha, chat GPT 9.0, the version we don't have yet, is going to get even better at applying the well-established rule to the well-established halacha. And there is undoubtedly some parts of halacha um, that are... Um, reasoning driven. To the extent one thinks that most halachic disputes can be resolved internally and textually by reference to the Gemara or the Rishonim or the Achronim's accepted logical rules, chat GPT or generally AI will become extremely good at mastering text and applying logical rules. Just like it's the best chess player in the world, it will learn to be very good, better than any human being will, by reference to accepted logical rules and practical application. And let me add, by the way, that this is true even when the logical rules are second-tier rules. If you live in a universe where everything is unknown, but all matters are resolved by Suffolk Yeraisa Lechumra and Suffolk Yerabana Lekula, or other second-tier rules, second-tier rules can be applied just as well as first-tier rules can be applied. And by the way, you could even apply these rules by rules of prioritization. I am a Jew who tightly follows the Shmirat Shabbat Kehilchata. According to the reasoning of the Shmirat Shabbat Kehilchata, is this permissible? Will become a Shiloh that ChatGPT is very good at. Because it will master those books and it will logically apply the rules. Now, I don't think that Halacha works that way. I think post skin, which are not books and are not computers, 
don't function that way. Um, they do something that's much harder to quantify, which is post-skim walk around with a variety of approaches and they listen tightly to the shoel and they apply the best halacha they can to the shiloh that is present. When you ask uh, uh, AI how to apply kedai hu das yachid or its related cousin, which is we will rely on minority opinions in times of small need, um, even when it would be better to apply majority opinions, not a das yachid, but a minority opinion because of a situation of either personal need or societal need. That's a very different kind of halacha than the rigid application of rules to generate absolutely precise answers. In chess, there's only one best answer. In halacha, there might only be one best answer to a question in the abstract, but there are a variety of answers to the real world situation that human beings actually encapsulate. What a pose does in the real world is they listen to the shoel, or sometimes they listen to the shoel's community, and they give sock that's the right rule for this person or this community in this time. Um, that's sock. Sometimes sock means in the context of the Bidievid community we are living in, um, this is the best approach for our community to take given all of the variables that are out there. Many halachic authorities, for example, during COVID, argued that there should be very tight rule obedience. And when you ask them why, they said, because we're afraid of anti-Semitism. And boy, was that analysis correct. Um, it's important to understand, you asked Ashila about Fila B'tzibor in COVID of many Gedolim, and you got an answer predicated on anti-Semitism. When all the non-Jews are staying at home, we should not gather even in the street, even 10 feet apart for public prayer, because it'll produce anti-Semitism. Um, it's worth understanding that this approach to Psach, which is we apply the best opinion to the reality at the time in front of us, and we try to match opinions to the complex reality we are in, recognizes that in the real world, uh, very few cases are single issue cases that cannot, that can be resolved only based on one and only one issue that is out there. And even questions about Tefila Bitsibor are answered by reference to 
anti-Semitism in the right time, in the right place. And in that regard, AI is going to prove extremely less useful in resolving disputes because that function is much more empirical. When you answer Shilas all the time, you can tell who's in need, who's not in need, who's in, not in need, but in a place where if you let one person who's not in need do something, things will spiral out of control. Who's in a situation in which the whole matzav is dachuk? Who's living in a situation where things are bidiyevet? Um, you know, we've lived in America for a long time with very few kashrus questions predicated on hunger. It's okay if I have nothing to eat for Shabbos dinner, I'll eat Cheerios, but if the chicken isn't kosher, it isn't kosher. That produces a very different answer than the ones I commonly give, which are predicated on, look, would you go to Kroger's and buy another chicken? It's $10. And you rarely hear people say, Rabbi Broid, I don't have the $10. Nice that I should buy another chicken, but <clears throat> I don't have it. Yoridea questions anybody who's learned, Yoridea knows, the Ramah says, the Makom Hefsid Maruba, the Makom Hefsid have different answers. Sometimes the Hefsid is societal, sometimes the Hefsid is individual. Chat GPT is going to prove very good at Sakhalacha for the cut and dry. It's going to be very good at data-driven halacha. Is these, are these mandarin oranges in their syrup certified? <clears throat> you know that there are people in Kashrut who are, so to speak, worried about this. They provide a hashkacha on a factory, but they charge per label, and the factory will run off-label without a hashkacha without putting a, an OU on the item and not charging for it, but it's really kosher. ChatGPT will, be, will begin to be able to tell you this was produced in a plant where, plant where every item is certified kosher. But that's just data at some level. It's going to get very good at sharing with you reasonable options. Here are five reasonable halachic approaches. It's gonna, it's far away from being able to tell you what the right approach is. So, Rabbi, Rabbi Broid, um, so I think what you're saying is that it, the POSIC will not be obsolete because inherently the AI is not human to the point that it can read the body language, the other issues, what's really going on beneath the surface. It doesn't have the emotional and familial or communal history with the questioner. And therefore, the post-sake will still be, the human being will still be supreme. I think that's in a nutshell, that's part of, I think that's what you were saying, correct? 
I hope we're supreme, but at least we'll be relevant. Yeah, okay. So that's really the difference between supreme and relevant, I think, is important because many of us believe that what allows the posik to be this sort of halachic psychologist is the mastery and control and the shalit, as we say, on all these makairis. But we know that as chat GP3 develops, there's going to be less encouragement and less reason for the young scholars of 40, 50 years from now to have that mastery. It's, it's, it's almost like, why should you have to do that? Why should I read from a, a, an old shas when I can read from the Oizvahadar shas that has so much more for me? It'll give me more time to concentrate on uh, the greater issues as opposed to the grunge work that ChatGBT is now going to do. So it, so these postgim of 40, 50 years from now, who with ChatGBT, uh, obviously almost part of their lives, the same way Google is part of our lives, they might not have that mastery from themselves. They will have to refer to the work that was done by others. And in this way, I think, if you allow, it's it's a, it's an echo of the marshal's criticism of the Beis Yosef, the marshal's criticism of the Shulchan Aruch, that what was going to happen was going to be a diminution in intensity and understanding, and the Rav would just open up a book and direct, as opposed to develop it from within. So I think it's really... Right? How do you see? How do you see us staving off that problem? I don't see us staving off that problem. Not only do I not see us staving off that problem, I don't see it as a problem. Just like Barilan CD um, has proven not to be a problem but a blessing, um, uh, this will turn out to not be a problem but a blessing. Um, uh, AI enhanced postgim. Um, will be day post him. We'll learn to use this as an enhancement, just like Barilan is an enhancement, and the Beis Yosef is an enhancement. The Marshal loses this dispute. You don't find post him turning to people Ex- except Rav Moshe, but 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 Rav Moshe was a maverick in that way that he actually went back to the Makairis so often in ways that you have in your monographs found so startling and wonderful, right? Uh, Ramosha... But I promise you, Ramosha learned the base I'm not sure Ramosha learned the Mishnah Brewer, because there are a few moments where you're not sure. But I'm sure Rav Moshe learned the base Right, but but so many times Rav Moshe's response to a a, a a thorny, difficult issue was to actually do instead of saying, "Well, let me see what the uh, uh, he went and redid the Makairis from the Gemara and ends up really describing this piece of Talmud in a way that nobody ever described it before." I agree, and by the way, Gedolim will learn to do that as well. Gedolim uh, will, you know, um, this idea which is ChatGPT or AI will enhance my ability to look at the Talmud in other ways. Is itself sort of interesting. You know, if you've never done this, um, it's worth looking at um, the Rabbi Lieberman online Talmud program. 
The Rabbi Lieberman database allows you to look at a piece of Talmud and it posts in a color-coded way the Nuschaot according to many different Rishonim. And it provides technological ways to understand that which Rishonim had which, which Girsa. I thought that technological enhancements of this way are worthwhile. These are, they, they don't diminish thinking, they increase thinking. Computer chess has made the chess players better. Um, computer assisted thinking, the wave of the future is AI enhancements of your natural analytic skills. You'll get better and better. The intermediate generation, which is, which is it's foisted on, is going to have a hard time. Me, I'm going to struggle the rest of my life getting used to this. But my grandchildren are going to grow up in a world where this is what they're taught in school, and they learn to enhance their thinking with AI. What, what happens in that period, maybe your grandchildren or children or beyond, when the challenge to the POSIC is, wait, I submitted this question because I didn't like your PSAC to the chat GPT 9.0, and it, it's against you. Where is where is the in other words, one of the things that vouchsafes our trust in the postgame was their mastery, their 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 uh, their great midotes, but also the way they understood and were able to quote. When that can be done by anyone, what is going to cause people to turn to this rov because he has a uh, he has a doctorate in psychology and in family uh, sociology? I, it's an excellent question. But to me, I want a laity that's as well-educated as I can. So I, I'm not, you know, to the extent you're you're fearful of, of a learned community, I, I'm in love with the learned community. I, I, I know that. I, you've written about that in the past, and we actually had interaction about that many years ago. But but where is the the, the posek is what I'm talking about. Yes, the lay the lay community, Baruch Hashem, they don't need them, but there's going to be questions where you do need that posek. How is that person going to elevate himself? You know, there's always a big question, Rabbi Broid, who is the person to turn to? How do they know it was Rabbi Moshe? How do they know it was Rabbi Zalman? How do they know it was Rabbi Yoshev? In a period where AI is so advanced, so powerful, how is the how are those great ones going to appear and know that this is a question only that person can answer? I don't have an answer to that, but I'm not sure that that's enough of a reason not to allow these enhancements. These are wonderful, powerful enhancements that will make our lives on many fronts easier. Um, Will it pose a challenge to rabbinic authority? I've never thought so. I've never thought that the databases really challenge um, uh, the giants. To the ex- extent they challenge the Torah scholars who who really are just learning from Google, that's okay. We have a large number of the people who, what, you know, one of my rebellion jokingly calls six-day-a-week Shiloh answering. They don't answer Shilohs and Chavez because they can't check with Rabbi Google first. Um, so I agree. Maybe it'll undermine them. Maybe that's not such a bad thing. I think <laughs> Ravosha and the Ravosha types will be giants in any era. And the existence of the base Yosef enhanced Ravosha. 
and didn't diminish Ravocha. And the existence of AI will in a hundred years enhance the next Ravocha and not diminish the next Ravocha. I don't think people are diminished by enhancement. They need to, however, discover different qualities and different aspects that, and I agree with you, obviously the, the amount of time that it takes to search and find will be used for more intellectual, deep, and important thinking. So clearly that trade-off is probably worth it. Um, And let me add, I I now mostly learn on the Bar-Ilan CD, not a CD anymore, the Bar-Ilan USB. And I'll tell you what else it does. It makes it easier, these kinds of technologies, to check things. Now, I never believe anybody when they quote something. Now, since I have a thousand books open in my computer, every time something is quoted, I check it. When I was sitting in a base medrash in YU, I asked myself, is getting up off my tush and going to the shelf and finding the book worth the bittel Torah of doing that? And how many books could I have on my desk? Whereas now I can have many windows open and I can examine every source to make sure it's being properly quoted. Yes, I, I, I look. I, 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 I'm a kindred spirit to you as far as that goes. However, I again, I, I hate beating a Rav Moshe's uh, tomes completely. One of the things Rav Moshe stood up for, and in this way, you know as well as I do, he's very different than Chacham Avadia, is that he drew a circle around which sources he wanted to use. He And again, sometimes it seems arbitrary when he says, well, if it's not in the Pischei Tshuva, I don't need to hear about it. Or sometimes he would say, you found this new Tshuva Rukivager? <laughs> Look, that doesn't, that's not relevant to me. And therefore, that, that type of attitude, that type of maverick power, I think is going to be stunted by... I don't um, think so. Let me give you an example, one of my favorite examples. Ramosh has a Tshuva about whether we should do a conversion of a woman who's going to marry a Cohen. And Ramosha says no. And then the Shoal says, but don't you know there's a Malami Lahoyal who permits this? And you know what Ramosha writes? A Malami Lahoyal Nimsabiyadin. Yes, right. Because I don't have the Malami Lahoyal. So I always find it befuddling. What does Ramosha mean? Ramosha is living in the Lower East Side in 1955, the Jewish publishing capital of the world. If he had turned to somebody in MTJ and said, can you get me a Muhammad Lahoyal? You know what they would have said? They would have said, yes. We can get it at Zundel Berman down the block. We can get it at JTS. We can get it at YU. <coughs> and there must have been many people with the Muhammad Lahoyal. Ramosha didn't hesitate to dismiss things because he thought they were politely wrong. And if he had had a Bar-Ilan in front of him and you had said to him, do you want me to just print out the Malami Lahoyal for you? He would have said? No. He said, don't bother. That's right. Don't bother. He's just being polite. He doesn't mean, like, sometimes you see Achronim in, 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 you know, from 150 years ago, say, oi, Gavalt, I'm stuck in the Ukraine. We don't have a Ritva anywhere in our community. Sure. Every once in a while, people said something like, I wish I could get this, but I don't have it. But but I agree, that era is over. 
texts are only used during our conversation to provide you with the best possible response. Additionally, as an AI language module, I do not have the ability to share or distribute any information with anyone else. Your privacy and confidentiality are the utmost importance to me. So if you go on ChatGPT and ask it the same question I did, but you didn't upload the sources I uploaded, you'll get a different answer. That's right. I, I think I think Leon is just worried that despite what they write in their, um, you know, in, in their paperwork, uh, who knows? Because once you are connected, you never know where that information is going. Of course, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I wish I knew. Well, thank you so much for this time. Does anybody else want to uh, take the great opportunity to ask Rabbi Broid a question? Hello. Benny? Yeah, Benny, go ahead. Yeah, hi. Um, so, so uh, two things actually. Um, uh, is there, is there, is there reason to believe that uh, that AI will uh, will be capable of, well, for want of a better word, guidance? Uh, in, in other words, uh, not the not 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 the sources that are uh, that are uh, uh, that are apparent, but but uh, deducing something from something that's not second or third order type of reasoning. No doubt that's about it. AI had are, shown itself in good at. capable of innovating strategies. AI and chess uh, innovating uh, strategies. I, 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 I have noticed uh, uh, in some, uh, you know, some of like uh, Tao's uh, more uh, brilliant games, like Sockfish seems to be unable to keep up with him until he's like three, four moves into the combination. Um, so it, it can conceive of it down the road. It conceives of, you know, it can do it by brute force, I think. You know, once once he's three or four moves into the combination. I think that I think AI is going to learn to reason from the text. Yes, I think it will happen. But reason, reason in, as, as in second order, third order reasoning? Like uh, the fact that it doesn't say something somewhere rather than that it does and things of that nature. That's not something computers are good at generally. I think so. We'll see. Time will tell. Have a wonderful day. Yeah, time will tell. Time will tell. Have a wonderful day. Okay, Okay. thank you, Rabbi Broid. Thank you so much. Colter. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.